0: Chapter Twenty-Eight of the Mutiny of the Elsinore. This Live Vox recording is in the public domain. The Mutiny of the Elsinore by Jack London. Chapter Twenty-Eight. I think we are going to have a fine sunset, Captain West remarked last evening. Miss West and I abandoned our rubber of cribbage and hastened on deck. The sunset had not yet come, but all was preparing as we gazed we could see the sky gathering the materials grouping the gray clouds in long lines and towering masses spreading its palette with slow-growing glowing tints and sudden blobs of color it's the golden gate miss west cried indicating the west see we're just inside the harbor look to the south there if that isn't the skyline of san francisco there's the call building and there far down the fairy tower and surely that is the fairmont her eyes roved back through the opening between the cloud masses and she clapped her hands it's a sunset within a sunset see the farallons swimming in a miniature orange and red sunset all their own isn't it the golden gate and san francisco and the Farallones? she appealed to mr pike who leaning near on the poop rail was divided between gazing sourly at nancy pottering on the main deck and sourly at possum who on the bridge crouched with terror each time the crowjack flapped emptily above him the mate turned his head and favoured the sky picture with a solemn stare oh i don't know he growled it may look like the ones to you But to me, it looks like a battleship coming right in the gate with a bone in its teeth at a twenty knot clip. Sure enough, the floating pharolons had metamorphosed into a giant warship. Then came the color riot, the dominant tone of which was green. It was green, 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 the blue green of the springing year and sear, and yellow green and tawny brown green of autumn. There were orange green gold green and a copper green and all these greens were rich green beyond description and yet the richness and the greenness passed even as we gazed upon it going out of the gray clouds and into the sea which assumed the exquisite golden pink of polished copper while the hollows of the smooth and silken ripples were touched by a most ethereal pea green the gray clouds became a long, low swath of ruby red or garnet red, such as one sees in a glass of heavy burgundy when held to the light. There was such depth to this red. And below it, separated from the main color mass by a line of gray-white fog, or line of sea, was another and smaller streak of ruddy-colored wine. I strolled across the poop to the port side oh come back look look miss west cried to me what's the use i answered i've something just as good over here she joined me and as she did so i noted a sour grin on mr pike's face the eastern heavens were equally spectacular that quarter of the sky was sheer and delicate shell of blue the upper portions of which faded changed through every harmony into a pale yet warm rose all trembling palpitating with misty blue tinting into pink the reflection of this colored sky shell upon the water made of the sea a glimmering watered silk all changeable blue nile green and salmon pink it was silky silken a wonderful silk that veneered and flossed the softly moving wavy water and the pale moon looked like a wet pearl gleaming through the tinted mist of the sky shell in the southern quadrant of the sky we discovered an entirely different sunset what would be accounted a very excellent orange and red sunset anywhere with grey clouds hanging low and lighted and tinted on all their under edges huh mr pike muttered gruffly while we were exclaiming over our fresh discovery Look at the sunset I got here to the north. It ain't doing so badly now. I leave it to you. And it wasn't. The northern quadrant was a great fan of color and cloud that spread ribs of feathery pink fleece-frilled from the horizon to the zenith. It was all amazing. Four sunsets at the one time in the sky. Each quadrant glowed and burned and pulsed with a sunset distinctly its own and as the colors dulled in the slow twilight the moon still misty wept tears of brilliant heavy silver into the dim lilac sea and then came the hush of darkness and the night and we came to ourselves out of reverie sated with beauty leaning toward each other as we leaned upon the rail side by side i never grow tired of watching captain west in a way he bears a sort of resemblance to several of washington's portraits he is six feet of aristocratic thinness and has a very definite leisurely and stately grace of movement his thinness is almost ascetic in appearance and manner he is the perfect old type new england gentleman he has the same grey eyes as his daughter although his are genial rather than warm and his eyes have the same trick of smiling his skin is pinker than hers and his brows and lashes are fairer but he seems removed beyond passion or even simple enthusiasm miss west is firm like her father but there is warmth in her firmness he is clean he is sweet and courteous but he is coolly sweet coolly courteous with all his certain graciousness in cabin or on deck so far as the social equals are concerned his graciousness is cool elevated thin he is the perfect master of the art of doing nothing he never reads except the bible yet he is never bored often i note him in a deck-chair studying his perfect finger-nails and i'll swear not seeing them at all miss west says he loves the sea and i ask myself a thousand times but how he shows no interest in any phase of the sea although he called our attention to the glorious sunset i have just described he did not remain on deck to enjoy it he sat below in the big leather chair not reading nor dozing but merely gazing straight before him at nothing the days pass and the seasons pass We left Baltimore at the tail end of winter, went into spring, and on through summer, and now we are in fall weather and urging our way south to the winter of Cape Horn. And as we double Cape Horn and proceed north, we shall go through spring and summer, a long summer, pursuing the sun north through its declination, and arriving at Seattle in summer. And all these seasons have occurred, and will have occurred, in the space of five months. Our white ducks are gone and in south latitude thirty five we are wearing the garments of a temperate clime. I notice that wada has given me heavier underclothes heavier pajamas, and heavier pyjamas and that possum of nights is no longer content with the top of the bed but must crawl underneath the bedclothes. We are now off the plate a region notorious for storms and mr pike is on the lookout for a pampero captain west does not seem to be on the lookout for anything yet i notice that he spends longer hours on deck when the sky and barometer are threatening yesterday we had a hint of plate weather and to-day an awesome fiasco of the same the hint came last evening between the twilight and the dark there was practically no wind and the elsinore just maintaining steerage way by means of intermittent fans of air from the north floundered exasperatingly in a huge glassy swell that rolled up as an echo from some blown-out storm to the south ahead of us arising with the swiftness of magic was a dense slate blackness i suppose it was cloud formation but it bore no semblance to clouds it was merely and surely a blackness that towered higher and higher until it overhung us when it spread to right and left blotting out half the sea and still the light puffs from the north filled our sails and still as the Elsinore floundered on the huge smooth swells and the sails emptied and flapped a hollow thunder we moved slowly towards that ominous blackness in the east in what was quite distinctly an active thunder-cloud the lightning fairly winked while the blackness in front of us was rent with blobs and flashes of lightning the last puffs left us and in the hushes between the rumbles of the nearing thunder the voices of the men aloft on the yards came to one's ears as if they were right beside one instead of being hundreds of feet away and up in the air that they were duly impressed by what was impending was patent from the earnestness with which they worked both watches toiled under both mates and captain west strolled the poop in his usual casual way and gave no orders at all save in low conversational tones when mr pike came upon the poop and conferred with him miss west having deserted the scene five minutes before returned a proper sea-woman clad in oilskins sou and long sea-boots she ordered me quite peremptorily to do the same but i could not bring myself to leave the deck for fear of missing something so i compromised by having water bring my storm-gear to me and then the wind came smack out of the blackness with the abruptness of thunder and accompanied by the most diabolical thunder and with the rain and thunder came the blackness It was tangible. It drove past us in the bellowing wind like so much stuff that one could feel. Blackness as well as wind impacted on us. There is no other way to describe it than by that old, ancient, old way of saying one could not see his hand before his face. Isn't it splendid? Miss West shouted into my ear, close beside me, as we clung to the railing at the break of the poop superb i shouted back my lips to her ear so that her hair tickled my face and i know not why it must have been spontaneous with both of us in that shouting blackness of wind as we clung to the rail to avoid being blown away our hands went out to each other and my hand and hers gripped and pressed and then held mutually to the rail daughter of herodias i commented grimly to myself but my hand did not leave hers what is happening i shouted in her ear we've lost way came her answer i think we're caught aback the wheel's up but she could not steer the gabriel voice of the samurai rang out hard over was his mellow storm-call to the man at the wheel hard over sir came the helmsman's reply vague cracked with strain and smothered came the lightning before us behind us on every side bathing us in flaming minutes at a time and all the while we were deafened by the unceasing uproar of thunder it was a weird sight far aloft the black skeleton of spars and masts from which the sails had been removed lower down the sailors clinging like monstrous bugs as they passed the gaskets and furled below them the few set sails filled backwards against the masts gleaming whitely wickedly evilly in the fearful illumination and at the bottom the deck and bridge and houses of the elsinore and a tangled riffraff of flying ropes and clumps and bunches of swaying pulling hauling human creatures it was a great moment the master's moment caught all aback with all our bulk and tonnage and infitude of gear and our heaven-aspiring masts two hundred feet above our heads and our master was there in sheeting flame slender casual imperturbable with two men one of them a murderer under him to pass on and enforce his will and with a horde of inefficients and weaklings to obey that will and pull and haul and by the sheer leverage of physics manipulate our floating world so that it would endure this fury of the elements what happened next what was done i do not know save that now and again i heard the gabriel voice for the darkness came and the rain and pouring horizontal sheets it filled my mouth and strangled my lungs as if i had fallen overboard it seemed to drive up as well as down piercing its way into my sou'wester through my oilskins down my tight-button collar and into my sea-boots i was dizzied obfuscated by all this onslaught of thunder lightning wind blackness and water and yet the master near to me there on the poop lived and moved serenely and all voicing his wisdom and will to the wisps of creatures who obeyed and by their brute puny strength pulled braces slacked sheets dragged courses swung yards and lowered them hauled on butt-lines and clew-lines smoothed and gasketed the huge spreads of canvas how it happened i know not but miss west and i crouched together clinging to the rail and to each other in the shelter of the thrumming weather-cloth my arm was about her and fast to the railing her shoulder pressed close against me and by one hand she held tightly to the lapel of my oilskin an hour later we made our way across the poop to the chart-house helping each other to maintain footing as the elsinore plunged and bucked in the rising sea and was pressed over and down by the weight of wind on her few remaining set sails the wind which had lulled after the rain had risen in recurrent gusts to storm violence but all was well with the gallant ship the crisis was past and the ship lived and we lived and with streaming faces and bright eyes we looked at each other and laughed in the bright light of the chart-room who can blame one for loving the sea miss west cried out exultantly as she wrung the rain from her ropes of hair which had gone adrift in the turmoil and the men of the sea she cried the masters of the sea you saw my father he is a king i said he is a king she repeated after me and the elsinore lifted on a cresting sea and flung down on her side so that we were thrown together and brought up breathless against the wall i said good-night to her at the foot of the stairs and as i passed the open door to the cabin i glanced in there sat captain west whom i had thought still on deck his storm trappings were removed his sea-boots replaced by slippers and he leaned back in the big leather chair eyes wide open beholding visions in the curling smoke of a cigar against a background of wildly reeling cabin wall it was at eleven this morning that the plate gave us a fiasco last night's was a real pampero though a mild one to-day's promised to be a far worse one and then laughed at us as a proper cosmic joke the wind during the night had so eased that by nine in the morning we had all our two-gallon sails set by ten we were rolling in a dead calm by eleven the stuff began making up ominously in the soured the overcast sky closed down our lofty trunks seemed to scrape the cloud zenith the horizon drew in on us till it seemed scarcely half a mile away the elsinore was embayed in a tiny universe of mist and sea the lightning played sky and horizon drew so close that the elsinore seemed on the verge of being absorbed sucked in by it sucked up by it then from zenith to horizon the sky was cracked with forked lightning and the wet atmosphere turned to a horrid green the rain beginning gently and dead calm grew into a deluge of enormous streaming drops it grew darker and darker a green darkness and in the cabin though it was midday wada and the steward lighted lamps the lightning came closer and closer until the ship was enveloped in it the green darkness was continually a tremble with flame through which broke greater illuminations of forked lightning these became more violent as the rain lessened and so absolutely were we centred in this electrical maelstrom there was no connecting any chain or flash or fork of lightning with any particular thunderclap the atmosphere all about us failed and flamed such a crashing and smashing We looked every moment for the Elsinore to be struck, and never had I seen such colors in lightning, although from moment to moment we were dazzled by the greater bolts, there persisted always a tremulous, pulsing lesser play of light, sometimes softly blue, at other times a thin purple that quivered on into a thousand shades of lavender. And there was no wind. No wind came. Nothing happened the elsinore naked sparred under only lower topsails with spanker and crowjack furled was prepared for anything her lower topsails hung in limp emptiness from the yards heavy with rain and flapping soggily when she rolled the cloud mass thinned the day brightened the green blackness passed into gray twilight the lightning eased the thunder moved along away from us and there was no wind in half an hour the sun was shining the thunder muttered intermittently along the horizon and the elsinore still rolled in a hush of air you can't tell sir mr pike growled to me thirty years ago i was dismasted right here off the plate in a clap of wind that come on just as that come on it was the changing of the watches and mr mellaire who had come on the poop to relieve the mate stood beside me one of the nastiest pieces of water in the world he concurred eighteen years ago the plate gave it to me lost half our sticks twenty hours on our beam ends cargo shifted and foundered i was two days in the boat before an english tramp picked us up and none of the other boats ever was picked up the elsinore behaved very well last night i put in cheerily oh hell that wasn't nothin mr pike grumbled wait till you see a real pampero. it's a dirty stretch hereabouts and i for one'll be glad when we get across it i'd rather have a dozen cape horn snorters than one of these how about you mr mellaire same here sir he answered those sou'westers are honest you know what to expect but here you never know the best of shipmasters can get tripped up off the plate as i've found out beyond a doubt mr pike hummed from newcomb celeste as he went down the ladder chapter twenty eight